Episode 233, Phoebe Trotman, entrepreneur and author of the book, Never Quit on a Bad Day. So when I was thinking about my favorite mistake, again, and there's lots, as you said, over a career, there's, there's usually a lot to choose from. I'm Mark Rabin. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes, because we all make mistakes. But what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. For more information about Phoebe, her work, her book, and more, look for links in the show notes or go to markraven.com slash mistake233. As always, thanks for listening. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to My Favorite Mistake. I'm Mark Raven. Our guest today is Phoebe Trotman. She is a successful uh, entrepreneur. She describes herself as a heart-centered entrepreneur. She's based in Vancouver, Canada. She's passionate about helping others discover their joy. And so both in her athletic and continuing professional careers, Phoebe's personal success has been a testament that anything's possible with hard work, dedication, and a team-centered approach. So she achieved many accolades as a soccer player. She's been inducted in the several sports hall of fame. She's won championship titles. And beyond that, has excelled in her career as a network marketer, earning top awards and recognition uh, with her company. And Phoebe is the author of a book uh, available now, uh, recently released. It's called Never Quit on a Bad Day. So we're going to get to talk about that and more. Uh, Phoebe, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Mark, for having me on. I'm really excited for this conversation and just appreciate everything that you're doing with the podcast. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm excited to hear your story. Congrats uh, on, on the book. And um, before we come back and talk about that, I'm going to throw the, the question that I know you're expecting. Um, with all the different things that you've done, what would you say is your favorite mistake? Absolutely. Well, I love this question. And I just have to say again, like I love the whole concept behind this podcast and everything that you're having people share. And so when I was thinking about my favorite mistake, again, there's lots, as you said, over a career, there's there's usually a lot to choose from. And I think it goes back to actually an under-19 national championship. So I was playing with a soccer team and we traveled to Quebec to play uh, in the national championship final or the championship final tournament. And it was the semifinal game. We're playing against Quebec and and it was a battle. They were a great team. We have a very talented team as well. And we are battling all over the field. And this one, def- I play up front and uh, one defender was just on me and like everything. She was elbowing me in the gut when the ball was on the other side of the field. She was stepping on my toes. I remember her like taking her her cleat and like raking it down the front of my shin and just tough player, lots of stuff that shouldn't happen on the soccer field, but it, it does, right? People want to win and they battle hard. And uh, at one time, at one play, my content got knocked out. So I was kind of seeing just what vision with one eye, with one great eye. And anyhow, so it's a tough game, you guys. It really was a tough game. And so at one point, I was just so frustrated because she kept elbowing me in the gut, elbowing me in the gut. And so I just pushed her back a little bit, kind of push her off me a little bit and give her a little nudge. And she fell down and she was wailing. So she fell down, arms flailing, all this stuff. Now, again, the reason I mentioned the one eye is because it was my right eye that was out and I was on the right side. And so I probably couldn't see that the linesman was right there. Uh, So when I gave her the little push, she fell down, flag went up, ref comes sprinting over, automatic red card, I'm ejected from the game. 
And I am just bawling because it hit right then. And well, first of all, it just was the frustration of everything happening. And uh, when you get a red card, most times you're automatically out if it's a tournament for the next game. And this was the semifinal. Uh, We did end up winning that game, thankfully. And we went on to the final and, and I had to watch. I just I was on the sideline with my dad and my uncle, you know, watching the game devastated because in that one moment, you know, things shifted. And so the reason, and we ended up winning the game again, we had a very talented team. So I'm so thankful um, that we were able to win that game. However, it was hard because I was a player who was contributing to the success of the team and then to miss that game, you know? So the reason I say it's, it's kind of my favorite mistake looking back is because I realized how much that game, even though I didn't know it at the time, has really impacted how I maneuver in on the soccer field in the rest of my soccer career, as well as as person in general life situations, and as well as an entrepreneur. And so, you know, looking back on that, I realized how in that moment, I let my reaction to what someone else was doing control what happened to me. And so I've learned from that over the years is that things are going to happen. People are going to do unfair things to you. Life is going to throw curveballs at you. And you really, we have a choice on how we respond. And since that, there have been a lot of things that happen on the soccer field. And my response now is very, very different on the soccer field. It Mm -hmm. is usually, okay, you want to do that? Well, I'm going to go put the ball (laughs) in the back of the net. I'm going to go play harder. We're going to work harder. So (laughs) it uh, really did help me learn a lot over the years for sure. Scoring a goal and, and winning the match is the best revenge. Absolutely. Oh. It's the best way is just to go put your head down and do what you need to do and, and go to work. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I gosh, you know, I appreciate you sharing that story. And, you know, I, I've never played organized soccer um, just in the playground, which isn't real soccer. But watching, I mean, um, this is not just soccer slash football where there's this reputation uh, for, I don't know, flopping, a little bit of contact, big reaction. This happens in basketball. Um, and boy, I guess each, at some point you have to learn I, that that's part of the game that somebody may draw uh, that, 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 that reaction from an official. That, that's Absolutely. just that happens. You have to know, I guess. Right. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where, again, in hind, after some reflection and you're thinking about it, it really is in some ways is a compliment, right? Because they want to take you out of the game. In this case, we're using it from, from a sports perspective. In that case, that team, they wanted to take me out of the game and I let them have that. I let them have that by my reaction to it. And they wanted me out of the game because they knew that I was a threat, which again is a compliment. And so, you know, now looking as things happen, when, when life throws curveballs, or when there's things that happen, unfair reactions from people, you know, I look at it as, okay, that's a compliment. They know that that something good's going to happen and that's why it's, it's happening. There's a little bit of resistance, if you will. And so again, learning how to, learning that we're really only responsible for our own reactions and uh, there are going to be tough stuff that happens and how we respond to it is really what's going to determine our success or our, if we don't have that success as well too. That certainly does seem like a great lesson that comes from the world of sports that we could carry on in, into career and uh, into business. I, I don't know if this lesson applies quite the same, but I mean, it, it just it seems like the retaliation gets punished more than the initial instigation. You see this watching hockey. You see this watching uh, American football or even, let's say, the CFL version of it. It's boy, it's the player that retaliates that often gets the flag or the penalty or the ejection. But um, I guess it comes back to that general theme 
of just learning how to be resilient when someone's kind of coming after you learning learning how to not react is is that that might be easier said than done but tell tell us more about that part it definitely is easier said than done however you're right like the retaliation is typically what gets seen in a sports context but also in a business context as well too and in a life context there are going to be things that are going to be unfair there are going to be people who you know may not want you to create the success that you want to create in whatever capacity that is there may be colleagues and coworkers who do unfair things to you yet at the end of the day it typically is the retaliation it's the pushback it's the you know getting thrown off course that impact impacts you. And so we really do need to recognize and realize that we only have control of the reaction. And, you know, there are going to be those tough situations. And so that's one thing that I do realize that I learned, unfortunately, in that situation, but has carried me through because there have been a lot of bumps and challenges and things that I would think, okay, that's not fair, whether it was on the soccer field or off. However, now my response is a lot different and looking at it from a different lens. And that's what I want to challenge everyone to do is when you have someone kind of, you know, come after you in, in whatever way, capacity that might be, you know, take that as a compliment. It's because that they see something, you know, special in you and and they see that you're going places that you might be getting a little bit of that resistance and then recognize that your retaliation, it isn't going to, it's not going to make the situation better. It's really just going to blow it up. In my case, with that mistake on the field, it, it impacted my, my coaches, it impacted my team, you know, it was, you know, and again, we ended up with a great result. However, it was very challenging. And so that's one of those things where you have to figure out, okay, well, how can you retaliate in a positive way? If you're going to retaliate, retaliate in a way that's going to help you create success. And that's why I say it's carried me through in the business world, because when there are those things that happen, now it's the same way I would put my head down and go score a goal or work harder or, you know, get the team fired up or whatever my response was on the soccer field. Now in the business world, in the life world, it's going to be something to move me forward. And that's what I want to encourage people to do is take that pause, you know, have that deep breath and then go, okay, well, this is coming because there's something good there. And how can you use this now to propel yourself forward? Because at the end of the day, that person, you know, like I'm telling this story now, it's, oh, I'm going to date myself right here, but just like 25 years later, however, that player isn't thinking about this anymore, you know, but I had to carry that through that lesson. And so that's the thing when we retaliate, we have to deal with the repercussions of it. So when you want to deal with it in a positive way where it's like, okay, well, this happened and here's how I responded to, here's how I moved myself forward. And this type of thing happens, um, has happened in, let's say an era of social media. Um, You put yourself out there, you write a book and, and, and again, Phoebe's book is called never quit on a bad day. Um, You just like, as as an author, you cringe, like it's inevitable that you'll get a somewhat negative review or even something that's not a five-star review um, is hard. And like, I, and this is something like this resonates with me. And, you know, I, I try to, I, I have a lot of work to do to, to get better of not reacting in the moment, like back in the day, like over, you know, 10 years ago, I would have someone come after me on Twitter and I would react and we'd get into it. And I'm like, I need to just like, not, do that anymore. And I don't really spend any time on whatever that platform is called today, but um, like learning to not react is um, can, can be, can be difficult. But I remember, you know, one time I got a, a two-star review on, on one of my earlier books and I thought it was a really unfair review, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and back in the day, Amazon had an option where you, a feature we could comment on reviews. 
And I probably should have just let it go. But I commented. And long story short, it didn't make anything better. Like ended up this back and forth. And I wasn't converting this person into a fan. I mean, I I don't think my comments were awful, but just there there was no need. Like the lesson I learned was like, just don't reply. They think mm-hmm. what they think, and you gotta you, you gotta let it go. That was, you know, kind of my hard earned lesson, I guess. For but sure. And you're right. on 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 that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. My no, mistake. sorry. I was gonna say. Well, you're absolutely right. You're not gonna change their opinion. It's their opinion. And again, another way. I remember reading something where it says like when you get a like in the case of a, a review, when you hit a one or two, that means you've made it as an author because it's your book's out there, right? And so again, it's changing that perspective. It's flipping that lens. Obviously, you know we're we're human, so we're gonna have those emotions. It's what do you do with those? Do you have an outlet? Someone, you know, even in the release of this book, I got hit with some stuff that I. I really wasn't expecting that close to the launch of the book. And I went to a couple of my really close, positive friends who could remind me back to why this book is coming out, why this is important, who I am as a person. So again, another lesson, you know, we hear it all the time, but who are you surrounding yourself with? And it's not always going to be the same person that you're going to go to when you're facing a business challenge or a challenge in your relationship or, you know, so you want to surround yourself with great people, people who have been through it though, because, you know, in hindsight, Mark, if you went to someone who had a book out, who had a two-star review, you asked, Hey, how, how did you deal with this? You know, they may have said, Hey, just don't leave it. That's someone we don't even know what they're going through. You know, everyone has their own story kind of thing. So I was also encourage people, who are you surrounding yourself with and who do you go for that advice? You know, if there's a flame burning, are you going to the friend who's going to toss more fire on that flame? Or are you going to go to the person who's going to help put it out a little bit? And thankfully, you know, in, in that situation with releasing the book, when all this stuff started coming out of the blue, you know, I had those people who were able to like put the flame down in that case and say, okay, well, Hey, let's look, look at the title of your book, right? <laughs> and they kind of flipped it on me and I went, good point. Okay, keep yeah. going. So yeah. Yeah. Um, never quit on a bad day. Inspiring stories of resilience is that title. Uh, 22 ratings at this moment, all uh five-star ratings. So congratulations uh for, for that. But I mean, there, there's a helpful exercise. You know, I think you know every book, no matter how popular or how successful, has some one or two star reviews. That's just that's just how it goes, yeah. So I hope that doesn't happen to you, but. You know, you know, and be I'm, resilient, I'm, right? be resilient in it. And it, it's one of those things where I am like secretly like, oh, keep going up, keep going up with all the positive ones. Absolutely. But I also realize again, we're not going to please everybody and it's what we focus on. And so, you know, I'm, I'm prepping myself for it and reminding myself of all the positive, the five star, the messages that I'm getting from people who have been moved by it and it's helped them. And so it, it is one of those things is that as humans, we have to choose what we focus on. We naturally are going to, you know, have a moment when we get hit with some tough stuff and then we have to look at refocus and that's the time where it's the gratitude of all the people that it has reached all the people who have left reviews the messages you know the positive feedback that have come from other people and really focusing on that and remember like there's always a ripple effect with everything we do and so you may get a response from one person, like, and then this applies to everyone listening in. You may have one person who says like, you know what, you had that, that those words of affirmation that you shared with me really touched me deeply. 
So you hear the one person, but there's a ripple effect because when we positively impact someone, they their emotions shift throughout that day and they touch more people. So remembering it's not just the one positive feedback that you receive or the one person saying, hey, you, you really matter, or the one person for this. It, it's You won't know the stories of the, what you do and how much that impacts other people as well too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, speaking of stories, I want to hear the story of the book and how it came to be and and, and the people's stories that you're incorporating uh, in, in the book. Like what, what was the, the spark for the book? I always love to hear the origin story of like, why, why this book? Why now? How'd it come to be? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I was visiting a couple of friends and uh, we were chatting about as entrepreneurs do often, like what's next? And I had said, it has been on my heart for years to create something, something to help people, something to inspire people. I've been inspired by many people along the way. And I really wasn't sure what that was going to look like. And they suggested write a book. And I was like, eh, eh, you know, because I've had a couple of people over the years who have suggested it. And I just, I kind of brushed it off and they were like, and they kind of reminded me, I worked really hard with my team to hit the top rank in my network marketing company, mostly because I wanted to other people to see that someone could do it, right? It had been a little while since someone had hit it. And, you know, I was just like, I want someone to see someone else can someone from another country, someone of another race, like all these different things, someone could hit it. And so um, they kind of flipped that on me and said, well, the same reason you went so hard to hit this rank is why you should write a book for all the people it will help. And so, you know, I was like, okay, good point. And I simmered on it. And I knew if I wrote a book, I had to do two things. It had to help and inspire people. And I also had to be inspired by the theme of it. And then I was simmering on it that night. And the month before I'd been inducted into the Coquitlam Sports Hall of Fame. And in that, we had an interview process. And the interviewer asked me, what what has sport given me? And sports given me so many life skills over the years. And I shared with the interviewer that Although with sport, I've had a lot of successes in terms of national championships on all levels and player of the game and player of the league and all these different highlights. What I've, the reason I've had those highlights though is because of the tough stuff, you know, not making a team, sitting on the bench, getting up early mornings to train late nights, recovering from an injury, different challenges going through those is the ways you get the the highs as well too. And so when I was thinking about the book and the theme, I thought, you know what, if if we start sharing more of the tough stuff for people to see, then in hopes it'll inspire and how we moved through that tough stuff and why we did in hopes that it'll inspire other people to realize they're not alone in their struggles. They're not alone in their challenges. And here are some tips and resources and ideas of ways to help you move through it when you do get hit with that. And so I kind of do this thing with God. I call it like my open the door, close the door. And so the, the, I had heard never quit on a bad day years ago and uh, it always stuck with me. And I thought, okay, God, if, if never quit on a bad day, if the domain name's available, then I know you're opening the door. I'm like, okay. So then secretly yeah. hoping that it wasn't, you know, anyhow, and uh, yeah. I get home and I, I put it in and it's available. And I was like, okay, I guess you're opening the door. And mm-hmm. then um, the vision kind of grew where at first I was going to combine stories. Cause I always wanted to combine kind of my athletic background and the lessons I've learned there with business and and create. And so originally it was going to be all in one book and then the vision kind of grew. And so now it's going to be a series of books with all different stories and just sharing, you know, people's lessons and, and lessons of resiliency and how they bounce back. And that's why right away when I saw the name of your podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so in line with, uh, with what Never Quit on a Bad Day is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and, I, I agree. This is this is a, a, a great fit from what you write about. Um, you know, encouraging people to be more open about our struggles. That could include a mistake. It could be a quote unquote failure. There's different words 
that we could use. But why why do you encourage people to be more open, or at least that that's sort of the ideal that that we can be more open about struggles? I think it's because now, especially in this like social media world where we're posting all of our highlights, we're sharing all the great things that go through, you know, often, sometimes people will post some of the, you know, if they're going through something or they lose a loved one and things like that. Yet a lot of what we see is, is really just the highlights of people's lives on social media. And that's great. And that's kind of what it is there, you know, to connect and celebrate and all those good things. Yet sometimes for people, they'll see this like great post and someone celebrating stuff, not really knowing what's going on behind the post, right? Behind the smile. Like I say, you know, I, I'm out and I'm smiling a lot and I, I choose to be happy. And yet there's tough stuff that I'm dealing with right now. And, and so I think when we let people into a little bit of that, they know they're not alone in it. They know that even though they're going through something tough, they can still choose happiness for, other things. They can still be grateful and look for other things to be grateful for. Even, and again, it doesn't minimize the trials that someone's going through, being grateful for other stuff. It's not minimizing it at all. I don't want anyone to think that. It's just shifting that perspective a little bit to hold on to some of the good things, especially when you're going through the tough stuff. It's kind of like that little bit of a bright light when you can find stuff to be grateful for. It can be as small as just even waking up in the morning. It can be as small as a good friend, especially again, when you're going through such a tough situation, finding those little things to hold on to just gives you a little bit of a bright light to know as you're moving forward and that you will get through it. If you just keep focusing on those little good things and, you know, doing the best to find those happy moments amidst all the challenges and struggles too. Well, if you, if you look back over this whole podcast series, there are some guests who have talked about their favorite mistake being, you know, that they, they quit on something too soon and they regretted it. There are are also people who say, well, the, the, the mistake was sticking with something too long. Mm-hmm. So like there's, there's this, this challenge of like finding, finding a balance, but it, it, it sounds like part of the theme from this idea of never quit on a bad day is to not overreact. Like if we're making progress, if we're on a good trajectory, then you have one bad day. Like don't, don't let that get you down. Don't let that derail you. Absolutely. Because there are times when you should quit. And I actually wrote a chapter in that because I could hear people being like, what do you mean? Never quit ever? And no, no I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. There is a chapter at the end of the book that talks about, you know, there are times to quit. It could be, you know, a lifestyle choice. If it's not serving you anymore, then it might be. If it's a relationship that's, you know, very ch- not challenging in a, in a, like it, People understand, you know, if, if it's something that isn't moving you towards your goals and where you want to go for your life, then it might be time to quit or transition into something else, move forward to something else. It's, you know, but the biggest thing is a lot of times when we quit in terms of the saying, never quit on a bad day, it's usually an emotional. It's again, that reactionary where it's like, oh, someone did this to me. That's it. I'm done. I quit. I am out versus going, well, hold on a second, pause reflect on it, then make a decision when you're having a good day. We joke. It's like, if you're going to quit, quit on a good day, because then you know you're quitting from a place of you're moving towards something else. You're not quitting just for emotional reaction. You're quitting because it actually is the right thing. And I share actually when I retired from playing professional soccer, how I quit. It wasn't because of a bad game or I wasn't getting playing time. It really was just, I realized that I had other goals that I really wanted to pursue. And I had hit a lot of goals that I wanted to do in my career in that that way. And so, you know, and other things too that I share in the book of why I decided it was the right time. And I felt a sense of peace. And a lot of times too, when you do quit something on a good day, if you want to refer to it as that, you usually, it's not a 
you feel it from a sense of peace. You feel calmness. It isn't that, again, that emotional response to it where you're just saying that I'm fed up, I'm done. So yeah. um, that's just another thing I want to encourage people. It's it's not a matter of never quit. It's right. it's when do you quit is more of a mm. way to, to look at it. And it's a personal decision. I should say that too, yeah. right? No, it's something that that person has to decide for them when they're ready. It's not something, you know, you can tell someone, oh, now's the time, but they have to really be ready for it in, in that time. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious then in that thought process of keep playing or retire, was that something, was that on your mind for a while and you thought, well, no, it all tips towards keep playing or was it just, you know, just happily rolling along until you hit a point where you're like, no, it's time to hang up the cleats. Yeah. Great question. I don't know if I thought about it, if it I don't believe it was on my mind for a while and looking back on it, it wasn't on my mind for a while. However, I had started to like look into entrepreneurial things. I had started my business as well the year before, you know, and I just realized too, you know, I'd missed a lot of family events over the years with, with playing soccer because you know, we were on a road trip. I I literally had to fly home early, caught the end of my cousin's wedding. Like there was a lot of stuff and highlights and things that I would have loved to be there. However, I was on the road for soccer. And so I kind of got to a point where I wanted to really put my family in those events first. That was really a priority for myself. And then also with just wanting to start my entrepreneurial life as well, too, and realizing that's going to take time. And and we had created a lot of success with the team, winning a national championship, getting, you know, MVP of the league. Like there were a lot of goals that I had, I wanted to achieve and those had happened as well too. And so there were a lot of factors that I kind of just evaluated as well too, in terms of like, is this now a good time? And again, not wanting to quit because of something else and just going, you know what, this has been an amazing run. I've had, I've learned so much over my career with, with the white caps in, in that sense. And, and my season, I played down in Colorado. And so there were so many great experiences that I just felt, you know what, I'm excited for the next chapter, if you will in terms of moving forward into my world as, you know, as an entrepreneur and having that time to be able to be with my family and attend events and, and really be present in that way. So it was a combination of all of that. And it, it, it was in my head, I wouldn't say for a long time, it was probably like the seat, the preseason leading into the season where I was kind of like, you know what, I don't, and I just realized like, I wasn't going to stop playing. That was a big thing. I still yeah. play to this day. I knew I was just going to play in a different way. I was going to mm-hmm. join a different team and still have that level of the game and I still love it and, and that competitiveness yeah. and being able to be on the field. I just knew it was going to be in a different, a different way, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um is that is that so if you're playing um you know amateur, I don't know if a uh, recreational soccer, do pe- people get intimidated and say, oh no, here comes the pro. <laughs> No, you know what? No, I don't think so. I don't know what goes on there in their mind, but uh, yeah, it was just fun, like to be able to transition and play on a team with some other teammates who I hadn't played with in many years, and and so it was just something where I was like, I I still love it. I, it was still competitive. I was playing. It just wasn't again on that level where you're training four to five times a week in games. It was just you know we practice once a week in a game on a weekend, and so it was still competitive. We still had national championships. I was able to to win a couple championships as well after that so it was um a lot of fun and and a lot of players too who retire so it isn't just like one player comes out and then they're on it was a lot of players who had retired in in this league from playing pro so um a lot of good battles on the field in that way as well 
so you find, yeah, I guess you find the right level of competition. I was making a mistake in my head somehow picturing, you know, Phoebe and your teammates destroying some team 20 to nothing. <laughs> no, we don't do that. <laughs> no, there's some, there's some good competition. Right. There's some great competition. Uh, in the league. My, my mistake, bad assumption. <laughs> no, that's okay. That Well, it's fair enough, right? It could be that situation where someone like comes down and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh dear, this is a different, different league. But uh, no, I still wanted to play competitive because I was still um, quite young at the time, and yeah, yeah I wanted to continue. Um, a, a show I really enjoyed, you know, regardless of the soccer elements. Um, Ted Lasso is that a series that? that oh my gosh, you I love Ted Lasso. Yeah. I was a late adopter to watching Ted Lasso because I didn't have Apple TV, and I kept hearing everyone's like, "Have you watched it? Have you watched it? Have you watched it?" And then finally I started and just absolutely love that show. So binged it, finished it. I'm hoping season four will come, but um, so too. Yeah. Fabulous show. So you're a big fan. So many uh, lessons love, in that show. Love, I love the show. Um, sad that, that it ended. There's, there's one internet rumor of like, you know, maybe people are just grasping at straws and hoping that there'll be something that, that one possible spinoff would be, um, a ver- you know, kind of a continuation of the series, but focused on um, an, a, a women's team, like mm-hmm. you know, that, that um, Rebecca could start a uh, AFC Richmond women's uh, team, and I don't know if Roy Kent would be oh, as coach. We, we could imagine and, and, and think about all sorts of possibilities. I don't know how how would a series focused on uh, a women's it's still, this is my ignorance, still considered Premier League or top top tier women's yeah. soccer. Yeah, they could absolutely do a spinoff season for that. And I think that would be phenomenal. I mean, Ted Lasso, one of the things I loved about it is you had so many people just grabbed onto that show and fell in love with the show for so many different reasons. And there's so many lessons on leadership throughout that show. And so I absolutely loved it. I coached soccer as well. Little little kids though, the little ones. Um, yet seeing just all the lessons and how the team came together and just his vision for what he was creating and having the team, you know, over time buy in and the transformation of some of those characters. I don't know spoilers for anyone. So, um, <laughs> but it is such a phenomenal show for so many reasons. And then it's hilarious too. Like you're laughing while you're learning. And I think it's just, it's entertaining. And I think the writers and the character actors have done such an incredible job and so many things that happen in the show from as an athlete, I could relate to where you're just like cracking up for other reasons. Cause you see your teammates in there or you see yourself and some of those lessons. And so I, I do hope that something comes out of it and there is a continuation because I think what they did in terms of bringing people together and just allowing people to learn in such an entertaining way was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, our guest today, again, uh, Phoebe Trotman, never quit on uh, a bad day.com. You're making me think now Roy Kent's um, niece in the show, little girl was was Phoebe. And, and, she and is, some of yes. the hilarity. There's a lot in there. And it, that's why I was laughing. I'm like, why didn't someone tell me his niece was named Phoebe? I would have watched this a long time ago, you know, just, just kidding. But uh, yeah, a lot of, I, I absolutely love that show. So I highly recommend anyone watching, listening. I, there isn't, I don't watch a lot of TV. However, that is one show that every week it was like, it came out 12 o'clock um, on a Wednesday, 12 a.m. And sometimes we would stay up just to watch it. We're like, okay, let's get this show in because it, it really was that uh, entertaining and, and learning. Yes, it certainly was. Um, I want to ask a couple questions before we wrap up. Um, going back to your bio, and and you describe yourself as heart centered, and and being Canadian, it's spelled, and I'll leave it in the show notes this way: uh, T R E D, heart centered. So I'm not 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 
wanting to debate the spelling, but what does that phrase mean to you as, as a leader and as somebody who works, helps others? Absolutely. Well, heart-centered, I mean, is really just about like leading and connecting from the heart because everyone, you know, has reasons for why they do what they do. And so especially like being in a coach role, network marketing role in terms of the business, it's connecting with people based on what their needs are and really finding out, you know, especially in network marketing, it's like everyone joins for different reasons. Some people come in, it's really just about the product and they just want to be around a great community. Some people come in because they're looking to wait, make it a little bit extra money, take their family on vacation or pay down debt or buy a new car. And some people come in because they have a big vision for what they want to create. And so getting to know why someone wants to do something and helping them from what they need out of it. And it's the same way with soccer and coaching. As I mentioned, I coach little ones, so three-year-olds to seven-year-olds. And so it's just have, helping them to have a, a great experience, whatever that looks like for that person. And it's the same philosophy. And really when we connect with another person from the heart, whether it's a colleague at work, whether it's a boss, whether it's a business, whether it's a client, really that connection is so strong because at the end of the day, everybody has a story. Everybody has things that they're going through. We don't necessarily know yet when you come from a place of like love and caring and compassion and kindness, it it just is a different connection. And so that's something that's really important for me that regardless of whatever my interaction is with someone, it's going to be heart centered and they're going to feel that I care about them as a human being that and hopefully they our interaction is something positive that just shifts them a little bit where they're a little bit happier, a little bit, you know, more joyous and whatever and, and how they move forward. Because again, I just believe in that ripple effect. And if we can have positive interactions with people, even when it's a tough one, it just shifts their day as well as our own. And, and then we touch more people in that way. Yeah. And it, it seems like there would be applications to help others be more resilient or recover from mistakes, whether that's a little kid scoring an own goal or an adult making a mistake in in the workplace, you know, that, that being able to focus on how somebody feels about that. People feel bad when when they make a mistake. And, and, and that's where I think, you know, punishment ends up being unhelpful or, or counterproductive. You've got to try to find a way to help someone recover from, from that mistake instead of kind of, you know, stepping on them, kicking them while they're down. Absolutely. And people are, most people are harder on themselves than anything one is going to be to them. So it's like, if someone does something that maybe in your mind, they shouldn't have done in their mind, they shouldn't have done, they already know it. So it's like, again, how can we help, help someone learn from that? You know, there's lots of own goals that happen in soccer and we still celebrate because they're little. We just say, Hey, next time let's, let's go this way. Why don't we try and see if we can score on this goal next time versus that one, (laughs) you know, and you're teaching them as they go. Yeah. It's not going to serve anyone if we bash someone for something they've done, because again, they already know, they already know that they're hard enough on themselves. And a lot of times they're, going to hold on to that. And so if you add that extra emotion and beat them up for it, now they're they're hitting with both sides. If you can give them something to learn, help them learn out of that or some another perspective, now they're still going to wrestle with the mistake because they know that they did it. However, now they have something else to think about a little bit too, where it's like, okay, that's a different way to look at it. And we're all going to make mistakes. We're human beings, right? We're all going to have failures. We're all going to have times where we're down. It's again, I go back to the story. Like, how do you bounce back from that? How do you be resilient? How do you move forward? What do you learn out of that to help you move forward in your life? And just to 
to look back on it and just imagine if we can all look back on things and go, well, that was my favorite mistake because <laughs> there are going to be multiple mistakes. As the, like uh, when you said what favorite mistake, it's like, well, which one, you know, right. here's one I'll share. Um, <laughs> but we all have multiple things and imagine if we can look back and think of, well, that was my favorite mistake. No, that one was because I learned that. Well, actually this one was my favorite because I learned that and this one. And so the more we can get into that type of mentality, I think we're all going to go be light years ahead of, of where we could be when we start embracing it as part of stepping stones to go forward. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm glad we were able to do the pre-call. That's part of my standard process now, because I've learned um, you, you've got to give someone time to think through and process and decide <laughs> of all the mistakes. Okay. Which is the favorite or a favorite? Because um, yeah, you, catching somebody off guard with that question, um, that that doesn't go well. It's not fair um, to, to somebody if they haven't had a chance to think about it. So yeah, difficult. Let's say if you're at a party or networking dinner, like, so, so what's your favorite mistake? <laughs> like, I think it's tough. It's tough to answer that without having um, some reflection. So thank you, Phoebe, for. Absolutely. Um, That'd be a fun party though, Mark. You can do that where everyone comes like you in the invitation that says my favorite mm. mistake party and everyone has time to prepare and comes right. and just like shares like just, I think that would be actually I might do that. That'd be hilarious. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. All right, please do. Let me know how that goes. So um, again, we've been joined today by uh, Phoebe Trotman, her book first in a series is never quit on a bad day. Um, you, the link to the website will be in the show notes, or uh, as she mentioned, the domain name was available, neverquitonabaddayday.com. Uh, um, you can get a free chapter uh, from the book and, and more um, if you go and visit the website. Um, maybe, you know, final question for you, Phoebe, were there any lessons from the writing and the publishing of the book that you would want to share? Were there any struggles worth um, sharing with others? Great question. I would say, yes, there were definitely struggles. Um, there were challenges in terms of, especially because it's a compilation of stories. So it's a, a series of, there's short stories in the book. So I'm very grateful there weren't a lot. However, there were those bumps. And I think the lesson for anyone is when you're doing something new and, and my own stuff where I was nervous. I'm still when people are like, oh, you're an author. I'm like, am I, I guess like, cause it's, it's something new, <laughs> right. right. And there's always going to be, you know, it's something when you're doing something outside of your comfort zone, or you want to create something you've never had before, you're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone. And with that, there will be nerves and that's okay. It just means you're moving towards something you've never done before. And so I had to have a lot of chats with myself where I was like, am I really doing this? Like there's lots of great books out there. And, you know, I had the little bit of imposter syndrome and thinking of all the books that I've been touched and thinking like, oh my gosh, but that was written by this person. And like, who am I to write a book? And, you know, I had the, had to get over myself with a lot of positive, you know, self chat and okay. It's for the people that I can touch that someone else may not be able to in this book. It's to highlight the stories of people who have inspired me, you know, and again, I share like how I had a, some, and so throughout the process, there were little bumps and things that happened. And then right before the launch, a big like doozy of something. And I just was like, wait, what? Like it just, it, I was not expecting it at that point in time. And I think that would be the lesson to share is that even when you think, 
things might be going smooth. There could be something that'll happen. And again, you go back to how do you respond to it? Who do you surround yourself with? Who do you go to when you have those struggles? And it's okay to go to people. You're not alone in it. So really reaching out to people. And I'm so grateful for the community that I have behind me that helped me through those bumps along the way. And and, and were kind of reminded me again, the theme of the book. And part of it is, you know, one of the things is like sharing those stories like the, and I, you know, at some point, Sure, I'll share some of the more details of what happened, but um, it's really just a reminder that even when you think you might be there, there could be another bump and and how do you prepare for it? And so it's important to to personal development's huge for me. And so I just think it's important for others to, you know, prepare yourself before things are tough so that when things are tough, you can rely back on the lessons that you've learned and things that you've pulled through along your journey. And so, um, because that was definitely handy along the way is just the, the reminder of like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. And yes, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be bumps and you just keep going through. And, and I'm grateful now to be able to look back and say, no, it wasn't just like a smooth red carpet rollout. There were challenges, but we were able to pull it together. And, and here we are now with a book that's been helping a lot of people. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Um, tried to roll the red carpet out for you here today. Thank you for sharing your red card story. <laughs> yeah, my red card story. Oh, I will, and just for everyone and Mark, you too. I've only gotten one red card. That oh. never happened again. <laughs> one and done. I'm I'm good. I don't need to have any more. Oh, but thank you for sharing the lessons learned. Um, you know, not not just for uh, future soccer matches, but what you've carried forward and what you um, share with others. So, um, again, our guest today has been. Uh, Phoebe Trotman, the book is Never Quit on a Bad Day. This has been uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing the episode. Thank you, Mark. And I just want to say again, congratulations on all your success. I love how you're just helping people realize, you know, that mistakes are part of the journey and it's what we can learn from them and how we push forward. So I absolutely love, love the show, love everything you're doing and congratulations and keep going. And thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, again, thanks to Phoebe for being a great guest today. To learn more about her, her book, her website, and more, look in the show notes or you can go to markraven.com slash mistake233. As always, I want to thank you for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to reflect on your own mistakes, how you can learn from them or turn them into a positive. I've had listeners tell me they started being more open and honest about mistakes in their work. And they're trying to create a workplace culture where it's safe to speak up about problems because that leads to more improvement and better business results. If you have feedback or a story to share, you can email me, myfavoritemistakepodcast at gmail.com. And again, our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com.